There's lots of other ones. There's competitive pricing where you go in and you literally just charge the price that your competitor charges. The problem with that is, is that they will have very likely different costs, overheads, they might be able to get ingredients cheaper. So just basing it on the price your competitors are charging may work, but it may not. And I think that's probably an, a common one that people will tend to use when they first start out in business. Oh, well, they're charging X, so I'll charge X. You're more likely to get away with that if you're selling a service rather than a product. Hello and welcome to episode seven of How Not to Run a Business. It's me, your host, Jeremy Jacobs. Thank you so much for listening in today and I hope you're doing well. And if this is the first time you've listened to How Not to Run a Business, then you may not know that the intention of this podcast is to normalize conversations around failure and mistakes and have conversations with established business owners and entrepreneurs to understand the mistakes that they've made, the failures in their business and the lessons they've learned so that you can prevent them from happening to you and it's all in service of you being successful. So I'm going to be talking to you today about pricing. The reason this podcast episode came about was because I was on Facebook this week and a friend of mine, Gemma, she has a side hustle. So she's full-time mum to a gorgeous son, Jaden, and she also works, but she's got a side hustle selling products. She was selling a t-shirt, a printed t-shirt, and she put a post online and I commented, not very helpfully, you need to be charging more. Didn't say any more than that, not very helpful. And she replied understandably saying that she wasn't really sure about pricing and she didn't understand what she was doing. And so I thought, what a perfect opportunity to talk about pricing. And so I'm going to start off, as always, with talking about one of my failures and mistakes that I made in my food manufacturing business, Ray's Bakery. This was many years ago around pricing a product. So I had a customer approach us. We used to manufacture products for other customers and they approached us with their product range and said, can you produce this for us? And I said, yes, absolutely. So I got out my very sexy Excel spreadsheet for that I use for pricing. And I sat down and I worked out all of the price pricing for the product. And we're going to go through this in detail, so don't worry. Uh, and... I came up with a price and I sent it over to the customer and they were very happy with it. And over the course of the next few weeks, I suddenly realized as we started to produce the product, I thought this isn't right. There's something not quite right with the pricing. There was something that I just was in the back of my head. So I went back to the pricing sheet and I realized that I'd done a very schoolboy error of one of the formulas basically in the Excel spreadsheet was incorrect and it hadn't pulled in all the raw material prices, all the ingredient prices. So essentially the price that I'd given the customer was incorrect. It was too low. And had we have continued to produce that product, we would have made a loss. So I had to have a very uncomfortable conversation with the customer to go back to them to explain what had happened, hold my hands up. And it was very uncomfortable because... At the time, we really wanted this business and I was concerned that the customer was going to think that we didn't know what we were doing or they thought, well, the price is too high. We're not going to work with you now. We'll go off and work with someone else. But it also eroded the trust that I had built with the customer. Luckily for me, the customer was understanding as as understanding as they could be. And we managed to negotiate a new price and the 
business continued and uh, proved to be a very successful customer of ours. But I wanted to share that because it's a it's just an example of someone. Uh, you know, I've been in business for a number of years of getting something wrong, making a mistake, and having to rectify it. And so. I wanted to do this podcast episode today to talk through everything I've learned over the 15 years of running my own business, pricing hundreds of products for individuals, but also for huge tenders worth multi-million pounds. Um, some were successful, some were not. And I've learned a lot over those years. So I want to share as much wisdom and knowledge and experience to give you the confidence that when you come to price a product or service, that you feel confident when you send it out to your customer or out to tender. We're going to talk about products and we're going to talk about services. Pricing a product is much easier because you have a physical product with raw materials or ingredients or whatever it is that go into making that product. Whereas with a service, you are charging out essentially your time and it's a little bit more complex and we'll get into the detail of what that is. The other thing I wanted to say to you is that I'm not an accountant. I'm not a financial director. I'm not an expert in finance. I'm an average entrepreneur, business owner who's been doing it for 15 years. And this is all based purely on my own experience. I always suggest that where possible, get someone else to have a look at your pricing, ideally an accountant or someone who has a lot of experience doing this sort of thing. But if you're a solo entrepreneur, uh, or someone that works by themselves, then that may not be possible. But maybe speak to someone else who's in business to have a look, just to sense check it, because I didn't do that when I made that mistake, and I really wish I had. So I'm going to talk through a five-step process, or five things that I think are really important to consider when pricing your product or service. And the first thing I will say is that there is no right answer when pricing a product. Okay, when you're pricing a product or service, the people that are going to tell you whether or not your price is right are your customers or the market. Okay, and we're going to go through all of this. So if there's anything at any point I'm saying right now, and you're thinking, oh, Jeremy, I don't know what you're talking about, bear with me for this whole entire episode. So I'm going to go through the five steps first, just the titles, and then we're going to look at each one individually. So the five most important things or steps that I think are really important when you're pricing a product or service is first of all your cost of your product or service then doing competitor research then doing market research then looking at your pricing strategy and then testing and refining so we're going to go through those in detail and i'll explain more about those so the first thing is your cost of your product or service now this is one of the biggest mistakes that i see people making in the early stages of the business actually not even that i've met people who've been in business for many years and they make this mistake i remember seeing an episode of a tv series in the uk called um hotel inspector and this uh, woman i've forgotten her name went into the business and she would work with the business owners to try and make their turn their business around and i remember she spoke to this person and they were talking about the breakfast that they were charging and she said how much does your breakfast cost you to make and the person said i have no idea now it was obviously for TV. So drama, she got very upset and very shocked. And I can't believe it's very judgmental. I'm not here to judge. So if you are in that position, please don't give yourself a hard time. I was there myself. That is the most important thing to start off with the cost of your product or service. Now it's easier for a product, because 
let's take the example of my food manufacturing business. If I was producing a 50 gram cookie, I have a recipe that tells me exactly how much of each ingredient I need to use to make that 50 gram cookie. Uh, Eggs, butter, sugar, chocolate, flour, for example. Now, I can sit down and I can work out the cost when I buy the ingredients in. The flour cost me X, the butter cost me X. You get the idea. And I can make a list in an Excel spreadsheet or even on a piece of paper, but I do advise using an Excel spreadsheet if possible because you can back it up and it can do the calculations for you a lot easier. But piece of paper and pen, you know, if that's where you want to start, then get started there and write down all of the ingredients or raw material costs. So in the example of Gemma, where she's producing a t-shirt with a printed logo, she would take the price of the t-shirt, the the materials that she'd need to, to print the logo out onto and put it onto the t-shirt. So that is the first step, understanding your raw material costs. And those are called your cost of goods sold or your direct cost. They're directly related to the actual physical product that you're making. Now with services, it's a little bit different because you're charging your time out. And that's where it gets a little bit more muddled. And what I mean by that is there's no clear-cut answer. So if you were a consultant, you your, your, your costs of providing that service are probably going to be quite quite low. It's more about the time that you're putting in. And then it comes down to how much day rate you want to charge. So for example, if you're a consultant, you might want to charge £500 a day or £1,000 a day, but it's a little bit more blurred. So we're going to focus on pricing a product. And then hopefully, as we go through that process, you'll be able to apply the same kind of idea to a service. So I've got my list of ingredients, worked all of that out, and I know how much the ingredients cost to make the physical cookie, then I have to employ someone, whether that's uh, a team member or myself, to come and make that product. So let's say that it takes me one hour to make a batch of cookies and I can get 100 cookies out of that batch. And let's say I am paying that employee £12 an hour. So I divide that £12 by 100 and that's 12 pence per cookie. So I've got my raw materials, let's say that's 10 pence, plus my staffing cost, which is 12 pence per cookie. And that leaves me with 22p a cookie. Um, so 22p cookie. So that is my direct cost, my cost of goods sold. Then you want to add in any packaging. So I might put it in an ice bag or a box. Let's say that costs another 10p. I'm now up to 32 pence per cookie to produce the final product. Now, I don't want to overcomplicate this, so I'm going to leave it there. So I've got my cookie 32p. There are other things to consider, like delivery charges, etc. But for simplicity, we'll just keep it at that. So 32 pence a cookie. And those are my direct costs or my costs of goods sold or sometimes referred to as COGS. And I say all of those terms because they use interchangeably. And when you're new to business, you might hear them and think, what are they? So those are the the, the different terms. But essentially, that's the, the the how much it would take you to produce that product. And then you need to start thinking about your indirect costs. So for example, with my food manufacturing business, those are all the additional costs outside of the direct costs of making that physical product. And the thing about the direct costs is those costs will only exist if you make that product. If that product was never made, you wouldn't have any of those costs. So your indirect costs, which are related to the business, aren't related 
to the manufacturing of that product, like the, the things that go into making it. But they are related overall to the manufacture of that product. God, have I just confused myself and you? Okay, let's just take a pause. So your indirect costs are your overheads. So think rent, rates, broadband, telephone, electricity, water. And there's going to be lots of other things that are going to be included. That's not a comprehensive list, but speak to your accountant and they'll be able to help you out with that. So those are all the things that you have to pay to make your business run. So in the example of my food manufacturing business, it used to cost us £10,000 a month to pay all of our bills and to keep the business going. So we've got our direct costs and then we've got our own direct costs. And those two costs added together will give us our total costs to produce all of those products. But because your indirect costs are for running your entire business, we need to work out how your overheads are distributed over the product or the services that you sell for a given month. So let's say, for example, I make a batch of cookies uh, or I spend a day making cookies and I make 20,000 cookies in a day. Now, as I said earlier, it used to cost us £10,000 a month to run our business. And we used to work 20 days a month. So we would divide 10,000 by 20. So total cost of overheads divided by the number of days we were working, which was 20, which would give us £500 a day. So that is how much it would cost to run the bakery for a day. And if I could make 20,000 cookies, then I divide 500 by 20,000, which would give me an amount of 0.25 pence. Yeah, so 20,000. So 20,000 cookies, £500 a day, divide that gives me 0.25 pence per cookie. So I'd have to add that overhead charge into each cookie. That is the way we used to do it. So if you're running a business from home, then you can attribute some of your costs. Again, you need to speak to an accountant about this, but you want to attribute some of the costs that go into paying the electricity, paying your phone bill, all those things that you use for business and make sure that they're attributed and added into that cost. Because if you miss those out, then you're going to be making a loss. You're not going to be charging the customer enough to cover all of your costs. Now, that might sound a little bit overwhelming, and I don't have the time to be able to go through in this podcast all the ins and outs and the detail, but that is essentially the overview of how you would work out the costs of your product or your service. So let's do the maths. It cost me 10p for my ingredients, cost me 12 pence to pay the staff to make the product plus the 10 pence packaging which is 32p plus the 2.5p overheads would give me a total of 34.5 pence to make the product all the costs involved now one thing that i do need to mention is it's very tempting when you're starting out and you're working for yourself not to put your costs i've seen it done and I did it myself in the beginning, to not put your full cost of your wage. If you're the one making the cookie, you need to make sure that you're paying yourself the same rate you would pay someone else. Because it's very tempting to go, well, I'm going to make the profit from the product anyway, providing you charge enough. So I don't need to pay myself. But you need to make sure that cost is in there. Because as your business grows, you're going to want to possibly employ someone to come in and do that job for you. If you haven't allowed for that cost, then 
when you do go to employ someone, you're going to be undercharging that customer. So you need to make sure that you do it from the very, very beginning. So before we move on, I just want to talk about the difference between product and service pricing, because when you're pricing a product, as hopefully you'll see, it's pretty straightforward because you've got all these raw materials and all of these things that go into pricing a product. It's it's relatively straightforward because you've got all that information there. When you're talking about pricing a service, it's very different because you are basically selling your time. And there's no real way to easily say, if I charge myself out for £50 an hour versus someone who charges themselves out for £100 an hour and I'm receiving a service, it's much harder to be able to assess whether or not you're actually getting good value for money. So, And that is where it comes down to the individual perception because I can go and, let's say, for example, have a massage for £50 and think it's amazing and then go to another masseuse and have a massage for £200 and think it was rubbish. So... We're going to dig into more about value now because I've mentioned value for money. And value is incredibly important when it comes to talking around pricing. Value has lots of different interpretations within business. I'm talking just about value in relation to pricing a product. And I'm going to use the example of a watch. And I'm not talking about smartwatches. I'm talking about old school classic watches. So there's lots of different manufacturers out there. And let's take the example of a Casio watch, which I could go and buy from a uh, retailer in the UK for $9.99. And then if you think about a Rolex watch, I saw the other day a Rolex watch online, which was selling for £1.48 million. Pounds. That's insane. Okay, so you can see the difference between the two. And there's lots of manufacturers in between there, but let's take those two extreme examples. What's the difference between a Casio watch and a Rolex in terms of the intention of what a watch is meant to do? It tells the time. There's no difference. But the price is so far apart. And this is where value comes in. Because me personally, I mean, unless I was a billionaire, I would not even... A Rolex watch to me doesn't mean anything, but I know it means a lot to some people. And it's like a marker of status. Again, I'm not a judgmental person, honestly. So I'm not going to judge people who buy Rolexes. But essentially, the two products do exactly the same function. Now, there's a definite argument to say that the quality of the watch itself is going to be better. So I would expect a Casio watch to last last less time in terms of before it breaks. And the difference between it is all about value. And that is about the importance or worth that we apply to a product or service. And now that is going to be extremely individual to all of us. So my view of a particular product or service and the amount they're charging is going to be very different. I'm going to think, oh, that's too expensive. And someone else is going to go, yeah, I don't really like that because of what we value about that product or service. And this is the most important part of pricing a product or a service. And this is the bit that in my experience and my view is where people get stuck the most. So the next three steps as I said, in this five-step process. So the next step was competitor research. We've done our cost of product or service. The next step was competitor research, third step market research, fourth step pricing strategy, and five step is test and find. So the next three 
steps in this process are the bit where we start to dig into value and we start to work out the margin. So your margin is the basically the amount you put on top of your cost pr- price of your product or service, the bit where your profit make where you make your profit essentially. Now, profit is extremely important in business. We talk about it all the lot, all the time. How much profit are you making? You've got your revenue or your cost of sales. That's the big number at the top. That's a number that people tend to band around a lot. Oh yeah, my business made a million pounds this year. But it's actually your profit that is more important. And it's actually the most important part is the amount of cash you've got in your bank and your cash flow. But for now, we're going to focus on profit. And I will give you an example of how profit is more important than revenue. I was on a clubhouse room. I used to use clubhouse last year. I was in a clubhouse room and there was a uh, a person talking about one of their clients and how they had a seven-figure business, right? So they were, when they talk about seven-figure business, often people are talking about the amount of revenue they're making. So they were making a million dollars a year as revenue. Now, my business in dollars, because they were talking in dollars, was a seven-figure business, the food manufacturing business. In a year, we had made over seven figures, over a million dollars in revenue. Now, they, that person spoke about the amount of profit they had made. And I was shocked to learn that I was actually making much more profit than they were. So they were running around going, oh, I've got people running around. They do it all the time. I've got a seven-figure business. Woohoo. But how much profit are you making? Not many people are going to tell you that. It was a very rare occurrence that someone actually spilled the beans and told publicly how much profit they had made. And I thought, well, I'm making more profit than you. So my business is more profitable. So on the face of things, someone who's got a seven-figure business or even a six-figure business compared to your five-figure business it's going to look like they're doing better, but actually you might be making more profit. So this is why it's really important. And we've talked about profit. We've talked about costs. So the next step was competitive research. And this is where you're going to go out and you're going to have a look at all of your, or not necessarily all of your competitors. You might have thousands of competitors. Go and have a look at your competitors, do some Googling, type in some search terms of your products and go and have a look, go on Amazon, go on Sainsbury's, Argus, wherever it is, go and have a look at what Etsy or all these different places and go and get an idea of what the range of prices that your competitors are charging. And then you start to get a sense of the range. So it might, let's say, for example, you're selling a uh, a t-shirt, it might range from £10 up to £50 or more. Then you start to get an idea of what your competitors are charging and where you might want to sit. So that's where it all comes back to value. So thinking about, for example, with the cake business that I had, we used to make our products with real butter, uh, Belgian chocolate, British flour, the high quality stuff. So the, the, the raw materials are more expensive, but I can go out with my marketing and when I sell my product or service to someone and I can tell them this beautiful story of how fabulous my product is and how much care and attention we put into it. And that's all the value. That's all the worthiness. That's all the things that I feel are important to the customer. Whether or not the customer agrees is a different thing. And that's where value gets a little bit muddly. But essentially, that gives me the confidence. Like if you're providing a service and you know that you put so much care and attention into the work that you do, then that will allow you to feel more confident in just a your price because essentially at the end of the day when we do price a product or service and we do put it out to market 
we have to feel confident and and understand why we and justify to ourselves why we're charging this. There's lots of people out there who are selling shit product or service for a very expensive price, knowing that it's not good value, but they're just taking it out to market and seeing what happens. And some people, we're all different and how we buy and consume products or services, we're all going to have different things that we that we see as important to that product or service that we value that is going to determine when we look at a product or service whether or not we're going to buy it. And this is where it brings us very nicely onto the third step, which is market research or target audience or target customer research. So when you're selling a product or service, there's going to be lots of different people out there, different ages, different genders, different incomes, different lifestyle choices, different views that are going to look at your product and say, yes, that's for me or no, that's not. And this is why it's so complicated to price products and services because we're all so complex and there's no easy answer. But the more research you can do in this area, the better. So we're going to slip into a little bit of marketing now as part of your process for building a business plan and doing a marketing plan. You need to look at your target audience and who you're going to sell your product to. So let's take the example of Gemma's t-shirt. So let's say Gemma's bought that t-shirt from a, she's she bought that t-shirt in from a manufacturer and she's gone for a high quality product really nicely made let's say it's got organic cotton it's beautiful and she spent lots of time and care and attention in printing the logo on and it's a really beautiful logo and it looks fantastic when she takes that product to market I would suggest she's not going to want to market that product and sell that product to someone that might be on a lower income. She might want to be going to people that have a higher disposable income. She might be wanting to target people that that have a certain lifestyle that value organic cotton, for example. And she's going to be selling her product to that group because they value that stuff more. And then she can charge a higher price. She can charge a higher margin on top of that product to those people. If she tries to sell that product to someone who buys their t-shirts, say for example, from H&M, where they are not judging on quality or whatever, but they, you know, they may not be made to that same standard, they're going to be a lot cheaper. If she tries to sell that product to that person, or that group of people that buy their product from, say, H&M or Primark, they're very unlikely to want to buy that product because they, they don't value it. They don't value the organic content. They want a T-shirt to put on that looks reasonable and you know doesn't fall to pieces after a few days. So hopefully you can see the difference. But the third step of market research is understanding your customer, what they value, what's important to them. And if you can tap into that, then you can sell your product or your service for a higher price. That essentially, for me, is where service is, where this, where when you price a product or service, this is where it gets a little bit more complex. So when I'm selling one of my coaching or mentoring services, I've got what's called a high ticket item or a high ticket offer, which is expensive. It is expensive, but the reason I charge more for that is because I've done an MBA, which cost me a lot of money. I've spent a lot of time running a business. I've got a lot of experience in what I'm selling. So I can justify that higher price. And now you can go and look at my website and you might look at that and go, bloody hell, Jeremy, that's a lot of money. But that's because you might not have the disposable income to spend or you don't see the value or I've not sold it to you well enough. 
that I do have lower price services where you get less of my time, less of contact with me, less one-on-one time, a more group setting where it's going to be more affordable and within your price range. There are people out there who may have the money but may not think, oh, I don't want to spend that much on coaching or mentoring that might look at that product or service and actually say, do you know what? I really see the value in that and I'm going to buy that service. So it's my job to sell the value. It's your job if you have a product, uh, sorry, a service, even a product, but mostly with a service. It's really your job to sell that value, to sell what the benefits are, what people are going to get. And that's all about sales. I'm not going to go into that. So that's stage three, market research. I would also advise avoid speaking to friends and family because they do give you a more positive, skewed view. They're less likely to go, oh, no, I don't like that. Or I, I think that's too expensive in my experience. So just watch out for that one. And now we come on to your pricing strategy. So this is step four, your pricing strategy. Now, there's a lot of pricing strategies out there, a lot. My suggestion is go into Google or your favorite search engine and type in pricing strategies and then go and read a number of websites. There's some sites that say there's three pricing strategies. There's some that say five. There's some that say seven. There's some that say 20. There's lots of different ones out there. And I'm not going to go into all of them in detail. I'm going to highlight a few. The one that I've been talking about the most, which is called cost plus pricing. You take your cost of your product or service, and then you apply a standard margin on top. And when I say standard, it might be 20%, it might be 30%, it might be 40%. That is going to very much vary, particularly with product-based pricing. That is very much going to depend on the industry you're selling into. So for example, as a food manufacturer, you might be looking at between a 10 to 20% margin. But if I'm a retailer in certain like certain retail sectors, I might be able to charge up upwards of 50 or 60% high value. So you'll see that each industry has a kind of acceptable margin. Unfortunately, those margins aren't really talked about. People don't tend to talk about them. You can maybe speak to people in a network that are in that industry and see if they'll tell you what they're charging. I know plenty of people that have told me. We used to get a 25% net margin on our product, which was actually quite high. It was very high for our industry because we were very efficient. Or you can go and have a little Google, do a bit of research online and see if anyone's talked about that. But that's called cost plus price, cost plus pricing. I'll say it properly, and that that is the kind of standard. But there's also value based pricing, and this is what I was talking about earlier, where you are selling the value of the product to the customer. And if you can do it that way, if you can sell the value, sell the worth, sell all the benefits, sell what the customer is going to get, and you can do you can do that through your marketing in a really sexy way, then you can use value based pricing, where basically you're selling the product based on what the customer is willing to pay. Now, what they're willing to pay, we don't necessarily know. But if you can work that out, you can ask people. People, you'll see from your competitors, when you look at all your competitors, you'll see that people are charging X amount for a product. You might get a sense of what people are willing to pay if they're successful in selling that product and making it a viable business. But essentially, at the end of the day, the market and the customer is going to determine whether or not you can sell that product or service for that price. Because if you put your product or service out at a very high price, the chances are you're not going to be selling as many as if you lowered your price. But the idea about lowering your price is you sell more, and then you end up essentially making the same amount of profit or thereabouts. But obviously, you have to put a lot more work in. So 
that's probably a little bit outside the scope of this podcast. I hope that's given you some idea about the kind of my two main ones, which I think are very important. There's lots of other ones. There's competitive pricing where you go in and you literally just charge the price that your competitor charges. The problem with that is, is that they will have very likely different costs, overheads, they might be able to get ingredients cheaper. So just basing it on the price your competitors are charging may work, but it may not. And I think that's probably a common one that people will tend to use when they first start out in business. Oh, well, they're charging X, so I'll charge X. You're more likely to get away with that if you're selling a service rather than a product. So have a look at some of the pricing strategies, go and have a read up about them you know, have a think. And really, I think as a very at a very basic level, you want to be doing cost plus pricing. So your your costs, and then a margin on top. But also have a look and have a bit of a read up about value based pricing as well. Um, and as I say, there's loads out there, there's plenty of content around all of this. So go and do your research. And then the final step is test and refine. And the reason I put this step in is because you are able to change your prices. So when you go out to market, unless you're doing a huge launch where you're getting a lot of attention, then the chances are you're going to be able to change your prices. If you put a price out and it's not working, you can change it, you can adjust it, you can drop it, you can increase it. But my suggestion is, is as I've said, this is a bit of an art and a bit of a science. As you sell that product or service over time, you're going to get a much better idea of what works and what doesn't. But when you start out, use this methodology that I've suggested do some research, watch some videos on YouTube about pricing products and get more confident and then just go out with a price. If you feel in your gut, yes, this is right, set it, put it out to market and see what happens. You can change it. There's, of course, lots of things to think about in terms of if you're putting a price out and then suddenly you increase it, that's going to be quite difficult. Um, if you've got a lower customer base or if you've built up a lower customer base, it's much harder to increase a price than it is to lower a price. But just give it a go, get the price out there and just remember that it's a hard thing to do. So I get that there's been a lot of information in this podcast and I just want to do a quick summary. So remember the five steps, cost your product or service and make sure that you get someone to check it over. You make sure that you speak to an accountant or someone who knows their finances to get any help that you might need. Then think about your competitor research then think about your market research to so go and find your super customers. The customers are going to value your product and want to pay the price that you're asking. Then think about your pricing strategy. Remembering competitor pricing isn't always the best thing and it's very tempting when you start out. At least do your cost plus pricing and definitely check out value-based pricing. And then also go and do a Google and check out all the other different pricing strategies and see what would fit for your type of business or the product or service that you're selling. And then make sure you test and refine. And remember, please don't beat yourself up if you get it wrong the first time. This is a lesson that you're going to have to learn when you run your own business. It's something I had to learn over the 15 years, and it's still a challenge. But hopefully, the content that I've shared with you today, my experience has helped you feel more confident. If you've got any questions, if there's anything not making sense, please feel free to reach out to me. You can go to my website, which is jeremyjacobs.co.uk, or you can find me on Instagram and LinkedIn or Facebook um, at jeremyjacobsuk, all one word. Feel free to send me a message because this, this subject is... Ugh, 
sometime. It's taken me a long time to learn and I still sometimes get it wrong. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much for listening in today. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. This has been How Not to Run a Business with your host, me, Jeremy Jacobs. If you like this conversation and you want to hear more, then make sure you follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And whilst you're there, if you want to leave me a review, I would really appreciate it. If you'd like to connect with me online, you can do so on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And my profile name is Jeremy Jacobs UK. Or you can check out my website, which is jeremyjacobs.co.uk. So once again, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep on trying, keep on failing, keep on succeeding.